At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome to the New York City Cast, presented by Bet River Sportsbook, a Wednesday show for you. Jason Weingarten of the Wide World of Weingarten podcast will join us. We'll talk some baseball futures, awards. Uh, we'll hop around with Jason. Haven't had him on in a little bit. Usually, I like to have him on uh, every month or so, just checking and see what he's betting. I think we'll take the approach, and we should probably do this more often, honestly, take the approach of, hey, Let's just assume you don't have any bets. What would you bet? Because I think I'm guilty of this too. We spend too much time. Hey, well, I did bet this, you know, back in March. I have this from April. Nobody really cares. I mean, the point is, what can I bet now? What at these prices is bettable? So we'll go division by division. We'll go award by award and we'll get Jason's thoughts. I probably don't mention this enough either. Uh, Jason is really good. He bets some crazy stuff. 50 to 1, 100 to 1, 200 to 1. Jason bets some, some crazy stuff, but Jason's really good at it. Last year alone, he had... Solaire 35 to 1 to win World Series MVP. He had Soto 100 to 1 to win MVP, and he was right about even money in that last week, really, when they announced the finals. Harper ended up winning it. Soto deserved it. And he had Wander Franco, Wander Franco 100 to 1 to win Rookie of the Year. And I think Franco would have won it. You could have made the case, could make the case he should have won it anyway. Uh, Franco uh, got hurt late last year when he was about to uh, overtake Garcia for the award. And so, so Jason's really good at this. Probably don't mention that enough, but Jason will be coming up in a little bit. We'll start with baseball. We got two games today, two day games today. Yankees will, I assume, just continue to bury the athletics. Athletics were actually competitive last night. They've actually been competitive in this series. They led 5-1 five, five to one Monday night. 
Yanks storm back. And last night, Yankees score a couple quick runs. Uh, Montas pitches a good game. The pitching for Oakland holds up, and it's a 2-1 game. Oakland has men on in the ninth, and Holmes uh, escapes trouble. Yankees win the game 2-1. Sears threw the ball well. So uh, Yankees A's today, Yankees minus 280 here. It's just it's tough to lay 280. It really is tough to lay 280. I thought the price last night was reasonable. It was minus 200. It got to 180, 190 at some point. Uh, and it's, wow, it's, it's even changed in the last couple minutes since I sat down here because I looked a couple minutes ago, it was 280, minus 295. So it's not impossible. By the time you're listening to this, uh, this is like minus 300. It could go down to minus 280 again. You never know. These things can change pretty quickly by 5, 10 cents. But minus 295, total 8.5. Um, if you're looking for a bet here, and um, it's a betting podcast, so you probably are looking for a bet. Yankees to score the first run of the game is minus 130. That's actually pretty cheap. That's actually pretty cheap. That's a, a good way to get at some of these favorites if you like them, but you don't want to lay minus 300, and who does? Uh, if they're the home team, they're actually right around, uh, not not a pick them, but a short price. Like last night, Yankees were minus 105 to score the first run, and they did. They scored the first run Monday night. They were minus 125. You get a big favorite, you're going to have to lay 300. Well, you just get a scoreless top of the first. And with the Yankees uh, prowess at the top of the order with Judge and LeMahieu and all those guys, chances are they're going to score in that first or second inning, usually. Not all the time. But uh, against a bad team, you, know, you get a 1-2-3 inning or you get a, a shutout inning if you're the Yankees and you can score. So uh, minus 130 for the Yankees to be the first team to score. That's my bet for that game. Can't lay the minus 300. It's just it's too much. Like I said, Irvin's a decent pitcher, but the Yankees... Just continue to roll here. Just continue to roll. Twelve and a half games lead. Uh, lead Twelve and a half game lead over Toronto. Thirteen game lead over Boston. Fourteen game lead over Tampa. So, Yankees are gone here. Yankees are just. Uh, it's a matter of who you're going to add. You know how you tinker with the roster. Sears was impressive. Now they don't have a spot for him in terms of a starter, but he's a guy. We've seen this in the past with the Yankees with Phil Hughes with Chamberlain. He could be a guy that could really help in the bullpen. He really could. They they need a lefty. Uh, Chapman will come back. Who knows how what he'll look like. Lewecki, nobody trusts. He's not very good. Uh, Sears could fill a role come October. I could see him being in big games, getting big outs. You know, not not eighth inning, but sixth, seventh inning. You, you need guys like that. You need guys like that. The great Yankee teams of the late 90s, early 2000s had the, the David Weathers, Jeff Nelsons, the secondary uh, tertiary guys out of the bullpen where, hey, your starter doesn't have it. This guy can come in in the fifth or sixth and get you you know, a big out, strike out a left hand or something like that. So Sears has good stuff. He's a keeper. He'll be around for a while. That was impressive. Yankees win. Uh, Yankees to score the first run today is the bet. The Mets face their first, possibly their first three-game losing streak as they face Verlander uh, today. The Astros minus 125. Mets counter with Walker. Total is eight. Going back to the Astros, I've been saying it. You know, I don't like to bet against the Mets a lot. I've been pretty good on the Mets games, really starting with the first week of the year, the first game of the year. Uh, the Astros are a tough matchup for them, especially you limp in here with the back of your rotation with the Trevor Williams and the Carlos Carrascos and the uh, the Trevor Williams of the world. That is a tricky scenario. And Carrasco got bombed for the second time in a week against the Astros. Walker, I think, would have a, will have a tough time. Verlanders, obviously. Uh, just, uh, you know, these pitchers, it's really, it's all these athletes in all these sports. They just perform so much better later in their career. Uh, usually 37, 38, most guys, if you're not named Nolan Ryan, are done. 
Verlander's still really good, really tough. Not the MVP level guy he was uh, early in his career with Detroit, middle of his career, even the guy he was when the Nationals first got him, but he is still really good. Hey, he's favorite to win the Cy Young. So tough matchup for the Mets. Walker goes for uh, for New York against Verlander. This would be the first three-game losing streak the Mets have seen all season. I kind of think the the, uh, the Astros beat him again. And again, you're throwing the Taiwan Walkers of the world, the Carrascos of the world against Arizona or Washington or Pittsburgh or the Marlins. Hey, all right, you can get away with it. Five innings, two runs, no big deal. This is not the Marlins or the Nationals. This is Houston and Altuve and Bregman and Alvarez. This is a lot of power. This is a really good lineup. Tough matchup for the Mets. And the lead is down to four because Atlanta won last night. Atlanta, we should mention their game. It is Suarez going for Philly, Atlanta with Kyle Wright. Uh, so there's a possibility that four is the closest it's been. It's been as high as 10 and a half. It hasn't gotten closer to four. If it gets to three, that's where you say, oh boy, now it's now it's one series. Now one series, you get swept and Atlanta sweeps and you're tied. He's, remember, still got 15 games head to head. The good news for the Mets is the schedule gets a little easier. You get the Rangers coming up. You get Cincinnati. Take a deep breath and you're in for, look, you're in for a pennant race, but you take a deep breath and, you know, maybe this next couple of weeks you can build up your lead uh, for that showdown against Atlanta. I believe it starts July 11th. So buckle up, Mets fans. It's going to be a long summer. It's going to be a competitive summer. And this is what you want. Hey, this is what you want. You shouldn't, it was, I know once you get a 10 and a half game lead, expectations readjust and you say, hey, we're going to run away with this thing. Minus 400 favorites. We're gone. Well, you haven't had Scherzer in a month plus, and his rehab start got pushed back last night. He's going to pitch again tonight, you think, we hope, uh, against the Yard Goats in Connecticut, actually. He said, it doesn't sound like it was a big deal. He said, you know what, I'm a little sore. I want to make sure I'm 100%. Again, he, he came back a little earlier from that uh, oblique injury than expected, so you want to just be careful with him. But you haven't had Scherzer in a month plus. You haven't had DeGrom throw a pitch. And you have the World Series champs in your division. So this idea that you're just going to win the division by 12, 15 games like the Yankees are, probably unrealistic. And Like I said, when you get a 10.5 game lead, you start to become greedy and unrealistic. But uh, the reality is, hey, you got a really good team. The Braves have a really good team. And you duke it out for the next few months. And should be a lot of fun. Pennant race baseball is what it's all about. Mets are really good. Mets will add players. Atlanta's really good. I'm sure they'll get players at the deadline. So... Uh, nothing to be afraid of. If, if you're good enough, you're good enough. So we'll see the Mets here. I still think they could use another bat. Certainly use another arm in the bullpen. I wouldn't think they would trade for a starting pitcher, but you never know with McGill being hurt. Carrasco getting beat up here. Walker's okay. He's good. He's not great. Who knows about Scherzer and DeGrom? We keep saying they're going to come back. I think they'll come back, but you can't re I mean, how much DeGrom hasn't pitched in a year now. Scherzer's upper 30s and he's dealt with injuries so maybe they deal they get a starter montas castillo someone like that sounds like the yankees are actually interested in castillo too when you look at them the last thing they need is another starter but uh, i was reading today that castillo the yankees figure with matt blake they can turn castillo into basically a, a co-ace with cole and boy blake is worth his weight in gold because the, the job he does with his pitchers everyone that takes the mound for the yankees just does an incredible job so the lead is four for the Mets. Tough one here against the Astros this afternoon. I think Verlander beats them. And if Atlanta wins and the Mets lose, they were down to three. And uh, it's pretty tight as we head into, boy, it's 4th of July weekend already. So good summer of baseball. Hey, I don't think either team, I'm at the point now where I don't think either team's going to run and hide. I don't think the Mets are going to run and hide. 
if you get to a point where you the Mets where you get a five or six game lead by the time you meet Atlanta here in a couple weeks, then you're in good shape. Then you got a chance. Hey, let's just say they're up five. We'll be a little bit uh, optimistic, but let's not get crazy. Let's say they're up five when they play Atlanta. And I guess we can get greedy and say they sweep them. Say they sweep them, which is probably a stretch, but who knows? Then you're up to eight and you're gone. So there's a chance here. Here's what a four-game lead gives you. With all these games left, it doesn't give you a sense that this division is over, that it's a lead that's insurmountable, but it gives you a cushion and it gives you an opportunity where if you inch it up a little bit, five, six, and then you meet Atlanta head-to-head and you have a great weekend and you roll all sevens and you sweep them, you can kind of deliver a knockout punch. But that being said, Atlanta's really good. Atlanta's got good pitching, a good lineup. They'll add people too. So I think we're in for a pennant race. Should be a lot of fun. Tough matchup for the Mets here as the Astros have really handed them uh, their lunch. So Yankees and Dodgers plus 450 favorites to win the World uh, World Series. Co-favorites, as we check out the division odds, they are certainly tightening up. Not in the AL East where the Yankees are minus 1667 here at Bet Rivers. Uh, Mets still minus 200, Braves plus 170, Philly 17 to 1, Marlins 150 to 1. So, uh, pennant race baseball, it's a, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think that's what we're headed for as we creep up here on the 4th of July weekend. All-star game uh, right around the corner. Not a lot going on in terms of the NBA. That's the one thing about the Kyrie deal is it. If, if he left, it would have been a domino effect. With him going back to the Nets, those dominoes really kind of stay intact. We're not getting a lot of juice. Sounds like Brunson's coming to the Knicks. I gave you my thoughts on that. He doesn't move the needle. To be fair, it's not, you know, Knicks have had moves in the past where it's just a disaster and you sign a guy for all sorts of ridiculous money, a long-term contract. And two years from him signing the contract, the guy's like not in the league and can't play anymore. Brunson's not going to embarrass you. He's not going to embarrass you. He's going to be an a, a solid player. Now, if you're going to give a guy $30 million a year and he's probably not going to make an all-star team, you probably want a little better. But it's a step. It's an, it's a decent player. It's a solid player. I don't love it. I don't even think I like it. But it's not going to be a, a situation where you're like, oh, my God, this guy. He's going to he's gonna be, he's gonna represent the contract. He's going to give you a representative effort. He's going to be solid. You know, he's, he works hard. You know, he won championships at Villanova, uh, went late in the draft. He's built up his career. He's a hardworking player. I think the character of the player uh, is an encouraging thing. So he's a solid player. Again, would I be chasing him to give him all this money? Probably not. But what, what are your other options? I guess that's the devil's advocate. What are your other options? You haven't hated big in free agency going back to whatever, LeBron in 2010 and Wade and Bosch. In past years, you know, you haven't gotten the Durants of the world, whether it was in 2016, 2019, you haven't gotten Kawhi, you just haven't gotten any of these guys, even Kyrie Irving, you haven't gotten anybody. So I guess you got to start somewhere. I don't like it. I don't know that I hate it. Does it move the needle for you if the Knicks? No, it does not. No, it does not. But uh, not much that you can do this summer to move the needle. I mean, there's really not. You just kind of sort of take baby steps and hope he lives up to the contract. It's, it's dangerous, but I don't think it's to the point, like I said, where it's going to be Joe Kim Noah, like it's going to be a situation where it's like, oh my God, this guy is just awful. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. He's, boy, I don't know. Could you, Would he be a three on a title team? Probably not. Could he start on a title team? That I don't know, but he's a good player. So 
Uh, again, don't love it. Don't hate it. I would lean towards not doing it. But again, what are the other options here if you're the Knicks? That's just, it's really hard to get good in the NBA. That's the thing. I think that's the takeaway from this. It is very hard to get good in the NBA. That's why we see the Thunder do what they're doing, where they just stockpile a million picks and go five years without trying to win a game. The Sixers did what they did, just try to juke the odds where they can get in the top three of the lottery for four straight years and hope it hits. It's just very hard to get good in the NBA because if unless you're a destination with the Knicks, are in one sense because they're the, the Knicks, but they haven't proven to be, whether it's Dolan, whether it's because they're so bad, combination of the two. Uh, you got to either be a destination, like the Lakers have been, and where they got LeBron, they've gotten free agents, or you have to draft really well. It's just, it's not a situation like baseball, you can get in and get lucky. NFL, you can be the Bengals, get in at whatever they were. They're probably, I think they were 10 and 7 this year. You can get in, get lucky, get to a Super Bowl, get within a play of winning the Super Bowl. It's a league of parity. You know, NFL is a league of parity. Baseball, to some extent, is a league of parity. Uh, we saw some of those San Francisco Giant teams win World Series. They weren't great. We've seen the Royals win. Baseball, the NFL, there's parity. College basketball, even to an extent, there's parity. You can make a run in college basketball. NBA, it, it's a chalk league. It's about superstars. Now, there's no super teams now. It's an era where that's kind of died down. So that's what that's a good thing. But uh, it's just it's really hard to get good in the NBA. I mean, it really is. You need, in order to win a championship, and this is not groundbreaking news, but you need a top three player, top five player, or at least, you know, two top 20 players, probably still two top 20 players, including a top five player. So it's really hard. Uh, you, you just can't win with horses. You need thoroughbreds. So Brunson's not that solid player, giving him a lot of money. Uh, we'll see if the Knicks have another move, whether it's trading for DeJounte Murray Whatever that might be, like I said, it's it's a summer in the NBA without a lot of juice, not a lot of exciting free agents. Maybe Aiton's on the move. It'd be hard for imagine Phoenix letting him go. Phoenix was so close. I mean, think about this time last year. Phoenix is up 2-0 in the finals, about to win a championship, get knocked out. Milwaukee comes back, wins four straight. This year they win 60-something games. They're up 2-0 on Dallas. They have a game seven at home. Can't get it done there. Lose by a million points, and now they might let Aiton walk, and this thing could just be. Uh, over this thing could just blow up on him so Aiton's out there DeJounte Murray rumors but again this isn't in past summers a few years ago we had LeBron we had the Kawhi chase the Kawhi watch we've had Durant a couple summers even though his free agency three years ago now 2019 was short-lived we've had some big time summers here where these guys are all uh you know the best players in the league are all sort of out there it's not the case anymore it's kind of settled down the game of musical chairs has settled down where these guys have settled in and, you know, it's second, third, fourth tier guys. You're just filling in your roster. It's not, doesn't make for the uh, the sort of salacious headlines where, oh my God, I can't believe the Knicks signed this guy or I can't believe, I wonder where this guy's going to go. There's not that buzz. There's not that juice. You know, where Jalen Brunson signs, it's not really uh, the end of the world wherever he goes. It's not like Durant or LeBron or Kawhi like we've had in, in past summers. So touch on the baseball. We like the Astros. Touch on the Yankees. First team to score. Those are the two bets for today's games. Uh, and again, those games are the afternoon. So hopefully you listened early. Hopefully by the time you're listening, uh, you can get those picks in and maybe you listened after and, uh, you're listening to, to, you know, the, the picks and you say, you know what, damn, I should have listened earlier because both of them won. Who knows? Maybe both of them will lose. And you say, you know what? I'm glad I didn't listen to when I did picks have been pretty good though. Picks have been really good, uh, on the show. So hopefully we'll keep it going. Speaking of keep it going. Jason Weingarten, the wide world of Weingarten host, 
Who does he like? Is there a long shot sleeper out there? MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year. Who's he betting? Who should you bet? That is next. This is the New York City Cash presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Bet River Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to sign up. Must be 21 or older, available in New York only. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. All right, we are back. New York City cast, Bet River Sportsbook, and he is back. The host of the Wide World of Weingarten podcast, everybody's favorite guest. Let's talk a little baseball futures. We'll see what else we get into. It is Jason Weingarten. Jason, what's up, man? How's it going? Going on. Nice to be back. Happy birthday, Will. I appreciate it, man. Um, all right, let's get into it here. Before the baseball, we've both been around betting for a while. The NBA draft. Uh, Woj gets it wrong. The betters get it right. I heard you on with Gil. You said you had some money on Palo. You're just kind of following the money. What's sort of your take here on what happened? So I, I, I haven't read all, all the stories. I don't know exactly what happened, but it does seem like somebody – figured out or you know put it together however they did it i have no idea but uh they, they figured out that orlando was taking the guy from duke and i i started getting some uh some dms about it i think it was like last sunday or uh probably might maybe even saturday i don't remember what day it was but it was still 20 to 1 <clears throat> and uh someone someone was asking me can i can i bet it how much can i get down on it and unfortunately um, I wasn't in a position where I was able to take advantage of the best numbers and get the most money down. A lot of other people, you know, really cleaned up big. I'm, I'm not one of them in this case. Um, I was able to get a couple hundred bucks on it <clears throat> when all was said and done. Um, you know, and that's still pretty good. I mean, you know, you make a couple thousand bucks. It's it's still a pretty good NBA draft. But uh, the the sharp information seemed to all sort of agree that uh but what's his name banchero that's how you say yeah it. i think i've been pronouncing it boncaro but we get boncaro Bon. yeah so uh paulo uh he was going number one and then the market started snapping back i think monday morning i happened to uh to be up real earlier was this i don't even remember was this thursday or wednesday the the market started moving back and everyone was like oh this is crazy Never seen this before. Uh, what's going on? And that's the point where I, I don't know what was going on then. I don't know who was making that decision to, to move the market and why. Uh, but it seemed like there was conflicting information going around. And uh, the, the journalist, you know, the, the, the Shams and Waj, you know, level uh, national journalist didn't correct themselves until the betting market had already corrected it for them. Um, and I don't know. I think uh, there's a lot to take away from this, but uh, everyone gets things wrong every once in a while, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I've talked a lot about it. I think it's fascinating. Like you said, I think there's a lot to learn from it. To me, what's fascinating, not that it would leak, not that somebody would get something wrong, but the combination of the two, it seems like it was very delicately placed, this information into the hands of betters. And either not only not in the hands of Woj and Shams, but Woj had the wrong information. So do you think... Boy, what do you think ultimately happened? Like, where did this come from? And 
Uh, another question I, I've had, and I had Ben Fox on yesterday talking about it, like when, when something like this, when a team has the number one pick, it's not like you have fifth or sixth and you're not trying to fool people. I, I know you're trying to draw up trades, but how many people do you think know about this? And what's your kind of general take on, you know, the betters having the right info and Woj and Shams having no info, no info and or bad info? Well, somebody was deliberately misled because the uh, this point was made by a bunch of people on Twitter the night of the draft. Orlando didn't change their minds right. in the last 24 hours. This this was, you know, a deliberate process that led to this pick and or last 15 yeah. minutes, like Woj says. Woj is like all day he doesn't tweet. 8:30 in the morning he tweets it's Jabari. Then 15 minutes before the draft, Palo is emerging. Nobody emerges 15 minutes before the draft. Sorry, to interrupt. Yeah, exactly. Nobody's emerging. Nobody, you're not. Nobody's being that foolish with the first a first pick to change their mind 15 minutes before the draft. That's practically unheard of. So, I think they just kind of got misled and didn't push back or didn't didn't think. You know, otherwise, that that there was any problem with what they were being fed, and it happens. It, it, you know, be a better journalist, and you know, there's that lot to take away from it. Yeah, I mean, without being too specific here, do you think somebody in the Orlando organization saw an opportunity here? Do you think it got out? I mean, how do you think something like this gets out? I couldn't tell you how it happened yeah. or where the leak was from. It's. Uh, you know, it could have been all sorts of things, but, you know, it's, I don't know how that stuff happens. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, you're not getting it from the hot dog guy or the beard vendor. I mean, you're getting it. That's a, that's a tight inner circle, the people with that I information. I mean, it, it, so. it also could have, the leak could have could have been from the Bancaro camp. You know, he, he was probably informed at some point that he was the number one pick. There's, you know, there's he multiple He said it wasn't until 10 minutes before. Yeah, he said Say it wasn't that, until 10 say? minutes he said it wasn't until 10 minutes before that he knew whether he's yeah, playing he, along he, or not. That's what he's saying. It doesn't mean that's that's true. What it, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces. True. And I guess his agent is uh, Mike Miller, who is a recent player. He's a newer agent. So maybe he didn't know how to play the game here with Woj. Former Orlando it, player as well. Yeah. Florida Gator. But no, too. I mean, that's all just, you know, I, I, there's, there's probably people who know how it leaked, but I'm not one of them. Yeah. Interesting. What do you take away from it going forward other than just be careful who you listen to? Well, I mean, it sounds like everybody made money off it. So congratulations to everybody who made money and the Jabari Smith betters, you know, better luck next time, I guess. <laughs> and books, better luck next time. But this is just an opportunity for the books that were booking it to reconsider what they're trying to accomplish and what they're making odds on and how they're making odds on this stuff because – you know, nobody told you to put up a first pick in the NBA draft market. You you just decided to do that, and you know, if you're gonna put up a number and twenty to one and take thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on it from people, then sometimes they're gonna win. So, you know, don't futures markets can be dangerous if uh, if you're not booking them properly. Do you think this is like a blip on the radar, or is this kind of a watershed moment where te where books are gonna look at this completely different going forward? Lower limits, taking markets down really have their antennas up throughout the whole process well they should take better markets and you know move move the numbers you know more proactively try to get action and write more you know the, the goal is always to write more volume on futures um <clears throat> but compared you know combine this with the nba or the nfl draft 
they should probably take a look at their numbers and see how they did and you know what they can do better and th there's questions about whether or not for this stuff this stuff for promotional reasons to get accounts and to get people signed up but you know there's a point i see tons of tickets like i wouldn't bet i wouldn't book you know much of this stuff at the limits and the odds they're they're booking it at because you're gonna have situations where people are gonna kill you and that happens it's happening more and more often so um, as a better, I want it to continue as, you know, somebody considering the, the side of the book, I would say, you know, I would expect lower limits in the future, unless you're Fasc a very, very big loser. Fascinating. It, it really is. Uh, let's get to some baseball and I guess we can preface this. Gil has a good, a good, uh, saying, let's pretend you just landed on planet earth and you have no bets because that's sometimes a good way. I think I'm guilty of this for sure. Sometimes we get watered down with what we already have in our accounts where look if that number is not available. doesn't really help people. So I guess you and I'll just play along like we have no bets and we'll just kind of go forward here. Uh, we'll start with the division. We can kind of get rid of some of these quickly. AL East is over, correct or no? Probably the, the, the Yankees could, could kind of regress a little bit hard to see them go into a, free fall slump yeah i agree they will regress but again it's just that's a lot of uh a lot of games this i mean we're already a good chunk into the season that's gonna be a hard a hard lead to lose especially with that starting pitching uh al central's fascinating because you got three teams at plus money the white Sox obviously have the most talent when they're healthy but they've they've been a disaster in terms of the injuries uh you know again they so talented but they just haven't clicked for whatever reason the Twins started hot. The Guardians have played well lately. Uh, you can get them all around two to one ish. White Sox are a little cheaper. Where would you go here if you had nothing in pocket? I can't wrap my head around this Twins pitching coach leaving in the middle of the season. You know, a potential division-winning playoff playoff-level major league team and leaving to be the pitching coach of a you know an SEC college baseball program. And I understand he's getting paid more, but it just you know, the, the more I, I, I was hearing about this, and it's been a big story in my circles <clears throat> since it broke yesterday. But uh, since I've been seeing it, it, it really makes me think that he must not like working for the Twins if he's real willing to leave a playoff team midseason. That, that's an unusual move. And it makes me think that the Twins are, you know, something going on there I want to look into a little bit more. So I'm I'm out on the Twins right now. Um, I can't imagine why a pitching coach would would leave for a job like that in the middle of the season, mind you. It's not that I can't imagine him leaving; it's just in the middle of the season. I think you missed the best price on Cleveland. Cleveland was like three seventy-five, three and a half to one. So if you're laying two, two to one on them now, it's probably not that great. So I'm I'm probably passing on on the Twins passing on the guardians i don't know maybe you can convince me the white Sox are going to do something i got a big series with the angels coming up this week so uh i guess i'd probably say there's still enough time for the white Sox to to really turn on and be the team we thought they'd be but uh they've been a disappointment for sure yeah guardians plus 220 now white Sox plus 180 twins plus 160 so Weird to see everyone at plus money like that. I guess it's not too unusual, but it is a, it is a little strange. I still think the White Sox have enough to win it, but um, again, that's been a, a strange division. Um, American League West over anyone else that can make a run. Uh, don't 
don't think anyone's gonna no one's competing on the level that the Astros compete at at a daily basis in that division. Yeah, they're all trying to, but none of them are there as a team. Yeah. Uh, NL East, Mets down to minus 200, Braves plus 175, Phillies with Harper being hurt. I would have a hard time them seeing them make a run. You get the Marlins at 100 to 1, who have talent, but I was saying this the other day, Mattingly was one of my favorite players, probably my favorite player growing up. They are just horribly managed in terms of their fundamentals. They don't run hard. They don't tag properly. They don't catch the ball. They're just, they have so much talent. Alcantara's fun to watch, but they are, uh, boy, they, sh they should be a little bit better. But Mets minus 200, Braves plus 175. What are your thoughts? We mentioned the Marlins, the knew it. Jazz. They have they they have like player only meetings where the they're calling out their best player and it's a mess. It's a very good team. They got a lot of talent. They got even more talent, you know, in the pipeline. But it's a mess right now. They they need a a Bob Melvin like what uh what the Padres just did. Bring somebody like that in because you know Mattingly does not get much respect and there's that that is a, a messed up clubhouse already. So, yeah, I'm out on them. Obviously out on the Nationals. Uh, Phillies, <clears throat> you know, they got that Nola Wheeler. That's that's kind of their job is to carry the team and kind of sucks. Bryce Harper's hurt his thumb. That probably throws him out of the MVP race again. And Castellanos hasn't been doing anything for a while. So, you know, probably hard-pressed to, uh, to, to convince myself I want more Phillies. I'd probably take the Braves if, I had to bet something there. Um, Braves are playing fine, you know. Disappointing game Sunday night, but overall, they're they're still you know playoff contender. Yeah, Jansen. I don't know why team they have so many good live arms. Jansen's a guy I just never trust anymore. He had some good years for the Dodgers, but I do not trust him. Uh, I think he's in that Chapman category. If you have a money on a team, you see Chapman coming in, you see Jansen coming in. You just really your uh, your anxiety level just triples. Yeah, it was a uh, that was an unfortunate Sunday night for me. I uh, I went to go walk my dogs with two outs in the top of the ninth inning. And I thought uh, thought I was just gonna coast in, and an hour later I was still watching a game I didn't want to watch anymore. And two two zero game was now five three. Yeah, what? How strange was that with Freeman crying? I get your first at bat there Friday night, first game back, you're emotional, but it was like his third at bat on Sunday. He's still crying in the middle of the game. Did you find that strange, or am I just being am I heartless? I mean, I'm sure for him it was super emotional, you know. He spent 12 years plus in the organization or whatever, you know. I don't even remember when he got drafted. It was a long time ago. I was still in college. So, you know, a big part of his life was with the organization and the city, but they they basically told him after they won a World Series that they didn't want him anymore. So, I don't know what he's upset about. Like, he's, you know, tell him, you know, I don't know, should have. I wouldn't have been crying. And Kershaw had some interesting comments like, hey, he's on our team now. It seems like his heart's still over there. I'm paraphrasing. But it seemed like Kershaw, like if you're one of his teammates, hey, like time to move on. Like you Exactly. Know, He's saying, enough look, crying about your ex. You, We're together bro. now. That's exactly what I was saying. They didn't want you. You you literally took him to a World Series. You, he was around for the whole rebuild. It, it reminded me a lot of the, uh, the Cubs, the Chris Bryant, Rizzo, Javi Baez core that's no longer there. You know, they developed this team. They were really bad. I watched them for several years, and Freddie Freeman was there the whole time. He was there when, when he was good when they were bad. He was good when they were good. He won an MVP, won a World Series. It was time for them to give him a lifetime contract that rewarded him for the work he put into the franchise, and they told him to 
you know, go, go whatever himself. I don't know if I could say it on your show. I don't know what if I can swear either to I keep forgetting to ask. So I always just like dance around. I do it on my off. show, but I don't know if I can. Do I know it on you yours. do. I'm jealous. I, I really am jealous. <laughs> and I wouldn't do it a lot. I wouldn't be like George Carlin on here, but just once in a while for emphasis. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, NL West, Dodgers minus 265, Padres plus 270. But there's a lot of injuries in baseball. Machado and you mentioned Harper, Betts. Uh, what do you think? Dodgers minus 265, Padres plus 270, Giants 8 to 1. Uh, Diamondbacks. I'm trying to count the zeros here, but there's a seven of five and a bunch of zeros. Then there's a rock, the Rockies, an eight of five, and a series of zeros after that. What do you think? I think the uh, the Dodgers are slightly vulnerable for the division. They're uh, they're going to be in the playoffs one way or the other, but it's possible that that the Padres finally win a division. And I would think it, their best chance right now is this year if they stay healthy, if Machado and Tatis eventually come back. You know, Mookie Betts, the Dodgers just admitted that the two-week time frame for him to return was unrealistic, which is totally obvious if if you know the Dodgers. You knew they were lying from the start, but, you know, you take Mookie Betts off that team, he's hard to replace. Whoever you put in right field is the definition now a league average compared to Mookie Betts. <clears throat> so, you know, I think they're vulnerable. I'm on the Padres from preseason plus 350. And El Central do anything for you? Cardinals, uh, let's see here. Obviously, the Cardinals and the Brewers are the two short shots here. Uh, the Pirates are going to be good eventually. Cruz is so much fun to watch as I pull up the odds. Brewers minus 175, Cardinals plus 125. And then you got the Cubs, Pirates again. A two, a three, and then a, a whole bunch of zeros. Uh, who do you think wins the Central? I'm on Brewers from before the preseason. I think Cardinals, Brewers basically going to duke it out all season. Everybody else, you know, playing for the future. You're right, Pirates are getting better. They'll be good, but, you know, not yet. Yeah, even Contreras, who pitched uh, the other day, has good stuff. So, look, when you're bad for so long, eventually you're just going to pile up the talent, unless you're just inept at drafting, inept at developing talent, which uh, there's some truth to, truth to that. You're, you're going to eventually just stumble into some players. It, it, it's got to be hard for them to watch Clay Holmes and how good he is and realize you just gave him away for nothing. But, uh, yeah, NL Central doesn't do a whole lot for me in terms of this race. Awards. There's a minus sign behind Judge's name. Continues with the walk-off homers. Otani plus 350. Trout 5-1. to one. Again, these numbers vary book-to-book, day-to-day. What are you thinking here with the AL MVP race? I know this is a hot-button issue. You know, I would have to be blind to uh, not see what Aaron Judge is doing. And 28 home runs is, you know, pretty good before the uh, – the all-star break and I've been comparing his season to uh 2021 Vlad Jr. but at this point it's it's clear that he's slightly ahead overall although uh Vlad Jr. was you know in the running at least for a moment for a triple crown I, I haven't heard any Aaron Judd triple crown talk I don't think we're gonna see that but um just just from a performance basis you know going out there on Sunday and hitting a walk-off home run after the they've been held hitless for 14 innings it's it's clear he's he's an incredible player and he's going to get a huge contract from somebody i don't know if necessarily it's going to be the yankees it might be the mets it might even might even be the angels you know uh team him up with trout next year for a lot of money but but someone's going to pay judge an incredible amount of money this this off season the the question of whether or not he's going to win the mvp um, for me, it, it, it's sort of a cognitive dissonance sort of thing. It's, 
you know, on one hand, and I, I do understand the argument from from people who think Judge should be an odds-on favorite. I still disagree because you know, as as extraordinary as his season's been, and he's the best offensive player in baseball, you know, at the moment. Although you know, Pete Alonso, Jordan Alvarez, Jose Ramirez, Mike Trout, even Paul Goldschmidt, the a, uh, sorry NL MVP frontrunner, they're all having great offensive seasons too. But the home runs play. The home runs play to the media. They play to Twitter. They play to social media. That's that's what ends up kind of pushing the the needle at the end of the day. So I I, I understand why people think he's the favorite, but you know, like I could only say the same thing over and over again. And you know, I've I've asked a couple different people to make sure I'm not totally crazy. And you know, the the smartest people that I whose opinions I value in baseball for the most part agree with me that when when you look at what Shohei Otani's doing, you know, the only thing that he's he's not doing is driving the bus to and from the stadium for his teammates. You know. Um, and he's had some bad starts, obviously going into Yankee stadium and disappointing in his start as a pitcher and giving up a home run to Aaron judge is, you know, it's something I would ding him for when I'm kind of putting all my stuff together. If I, if I had a vote, I don't have a vote. I'm not a BBWAA member yet. Not yet. Um, I might be in the future because I technically do write about baseball now. Um, talk to them about membership. I might actually be a member in the future, but I won't be able to vote while I'm at, while I'm betting on this stuff. Nor do I Seems want unfair. to. Seems yeah, unfair. Yeah, I don't want to. I just want to be a member so I can complain about stuff. Um, change change the bylaws. Anyway, but what I was getting back to the MVP stuff is like at the end of the day, um, Shohei Otani stays healthy and you just look at his end of the season statistics. Um, he wins the MVP every season. He does what he continues to do. He has a sub three ERA. Strikeouts are up year over year. Um, really, it's just you know, like, like I said, I, I understand where the judge people are coming from, and I'm not here to tell you that he's not a good player. I think he's a great player, but you know, that we're looking at a modern. When, when I say modern day Babe Ruth, that's not. No disrespect to Babe Ruth, but Shohei Otani's better than Babe Ruth. Like it's it's not even comparable. A guy who throws a hundred mile an hour fastball who can generate twenty string, swing and a miss strikeouts in a game and hit a hundred eighteen mile an hour home run four hundred sixty two feet in the same you know, in the same week. We're talking about having thirteen strikeouts in a game and hitting a hundred eighteen mile an hour, you know, home run in the same week. And and we're debating who's the MVP of the game of baseball. It's it's the Scott Adams theory about you know two people watching the same the same movie but but interpreting it differently until it gets to the end. Um, I I just don't see how if Otani stays healthy this is even a conversation. I've said this so many times now it's just repetitive at this point. But you know I I don't see how there's there's a contest between Otani and anybody in all of baseball. Yeah, it's another. It's going to be an interesting case study with you know Judge and the New York bump he gets from being on the Yankees. The team's obviously really good. Uh, so the the team success is you know a major argument, and I I do agree. You know, uh, the Angels are under five hundred. They're they're not playing like winners, 
But again, you know, they've won like what, 34 games, and Otani has six of those wins as a pitcher. There's only so much he can do. Like, like you, you, you could only, you, you have to give it some more context other than the Yankees' record versus the Angels' record. The Angels, you know, they're not a great organization. They don't have a great team around Otani and Trout. It's, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. And Otani at this point will be better off not re-signing with the Angels and going to basically any other team in baseball when his contract's up, you know, yeah. or before. And I've. I've said he's forced trade next year or whatever. Like, there's no point in staying in Anaheim. He's wasting his career. Um, but that doesn't mean he's not the best player in baseball. And he'll he just is. It's there's just no question. But yeah, I remember when he was coming over, he was very particular about where he was going to go. The Yankees weren't on his list. It was just a, a handful of, of pick teams. So that will be interesting to keep an eye on. National League. It's Goldschmidt. He's really you know it's funny for all the attention Judge gets. Goldschmidt's really separated himself. He's plus one fifty here. Uh, and then there's a drop-off, obviously, with the Machado injuries, the Harper injuries, bets. Uh, remember, Harper was 30-1 to 1 in August last year when he rallied to win the MVP. Could we see a long shot here in the National League? Absolutely. I mean, that's that's sort of one of the things that, that people people remember the, the hot thing or remember the last thing going on. Um, when you get the, the NL market right now, like, obviously, Goldschmidt deserves to be the favorite, but you get the... Sort of next tier guys. Pete Alonso's up there. He's doing some pretty, pretty good things. Um, you know, on the other other side of New York, and uh, Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts is hurt. Machado's been out for a while. Harper's now out indefinitely. So, you know, dig dig deeper and start making cases for guys. Um, somebody asked me about Tommy Edmond. You know, at like 150 to one a week ago. I said, you know, 150 to one's a a big number. I don't know if he can do it, but you know, with all the injuries, I'm sure 150 to one is probably little, you know, little probably be shorter than that now. And Dansby Swanson, no one's talking about what he's doing in Atlanta. He's doing some big things. Uh, Juan Soto, everyone sort of forgets about him. He drifted out. I see he's 80 to one at a certain point. You know, if you give me a hundred to one, 150 to one, I'm going to bet Juan Soto again, like I did last year, still one of the best players in baseball. And that number is just, Massive again. He's on a bad team too, so you know, just argue about how much a player's worth versus team success. That's a whole, you know, you could talk about that for hours. But yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of guys off the pace who have a chance to put something together with a strong second half. This is not decided yet, but Goldschmidt does deserve to be the favorite. With all these injuries to the hitters in the National League, you think a pitcher could sneak in and win the National League uh, MVP? Unlikely. Um, I agree. I mean, do you? Do you see anybody? Not, not really, but you know, you start to think about it with all these injuries. You just go down the line, try to think of it from a betting angle. Who could sneak up? Uh, I mean, that's the formula. Not, not that there's anyone that I have in mind. Like Alcantara winning the MVP seems very unlikely. But when you start to see just like the four or five best hitters get hurt with the exception of Goldschmidt, and he's dealt with back tightness, you start to just think at it like, all right, what, what could happen here? Again, it's not Kershaw won it what, five or six years ago, Verlander won it maybe like a decade ago now. It's hard to believe that's a decade ago. So it's happened. Uh, if DeGrom were healthy and pitching like DeGrom, he certainly you know, would be in that mix. So I don't think it's impossible, but like you said, probably not likely. I just don't see anybody getting the innings to, to contend yeah. versus somebody with, you know, 30 home runs, 100 RBIs, whatever the benchmarks may be. All right, the last two, Rookie of the Year. Either way, I mean, Cruz has made a big jump here. He's an incredible talent, but you probably missed the best number on him. American League, National League, anything Rookie of the Year right now that you would bet? Um, 
Well, Julio Rodriguez has just jumped out. If if there's still like even money or higher, I I like him still. I think uh, Jeremy Pena and Bobby Witt are are the serious other contenders. But when you look at you know Julio's got what, 11 home runs, 17 stolen bases before the All Star break. It's he's batting leadoff. He's batting cleanup. He's a superstar. Not to say that Pena and Witt aren't also, you know the best in this this crop but uh julio rodriguez is most likely going to win the al rookie of the year barring barring major injury so um i don't know if you can get like i said if you can get even money there i think he's still worth the bet otherwise you you've missed the best numbers and if you've listened to this show or my show you know you should have already heard eight to one 16 to one 10 to one they're you know i can only talk about the same stuff so much um but in the NL, you got Mackenzie Gore and Spencer Strider. Both had bad starts, bounced back, had better starts this last week. They're they're the top pitching contenders. Thing that worries me about both of them is I think they kind of cap out their innings early, and especially with both being on potential playoff teams and needing those innings, you know, in September and <clears throat> October or whatever. Uh, you got to find ways to to limit those innings now and that hurts them in the rookie of the year race especially you got michael harris all of a sudden the the outfielder center fielder for the braves called up in double a um his outs above average as a center fielder is already you know tops in mlb and he's hitting pretty well he's hitting over 300 so far obviously that'll probably regress a little bit but he's a serious contender nolan gorman one of the preseason favorites drifted all the way out to about 50 to one. He's a contender and obviously O'Neill Cruz. Um, he's just going to have so many highlights that I think um, he has a very good chance of winning just because, you know, he's going to have literally the most social media and ESPN highlights because he just does the craziest stuff on a daily basis. Yeah, it's funny. Suzuki fifteen to one with the Cubs. Remember, it, you know, it's we talk so much about who to bet, it, and you've mentioned this. It's when you bet him because remember, who was it? Quan on the Indians was like, you know, four to one, five to one because he had a good week or two in April. Suzuki had a good week, and he was like even money. And you look, and these guys are, are falling off the radar. It's just funny, you know, how much of a difference a month, six weeks can make in these markets. Yeah, it's insane. I, I mention this stuff all the time. I was like, Suzuki's even money. Suzuki's minus a hundred. You know, he's minus one forty at one point. It's just like, why? why? What, what has he done? And all of a sudden he goes on a bad run. And, you know, these markets, they just, they, they kind of go a little crazy early and, and stuff moves how it never really should. And, um, yeah, Suzuki was 3-1, to 4-1 to one before the season. Now he's 14-1. to one. If, you, if you like Suzuki, you should be betting a lot more on him now. Um, if he drifts up higher, I might even bet him myself. But I, I prefer, you know, 20, 25-1 to one or something before I take a position on a guy i don't really want how about cy young has cole crept his way back in the conversation here mcclanahan verlander favorites here in the al uh who would you look at here if you had nothing in the, in the american league i think cole has a better chance of winning than nestor cortez um agree. and it's not not i don't think nestor cortez is good either i just i think the voters are going to give it give those votes to cole if it comes down to it uh mcclanahan obviously the the deserving favorite right now uh, Manoa doing things in, in Toronto. I don't see him winning unless they somehow come back and win the division or something. 
Uh, Cole's probably your best bet at a seven to one, eight to one, if you haven't bet him yet. But I think McClanahan is uh, is the guy there. And then obviously there's Shohei Otani. Don't don't forget about him. He has a sub three ERA. Um, pretty pretty high strikeout. K to nine is like twelve. His uh, his problem obviously is that he pitches every every seven days or whatever, um, as opposed to on five days. But you know, at a certain point, if those numbers, you know, if he keeps going out and putting up ten strikeouts a game, gonna gonna have to seriously consider him. And you know, like when I look at the stuff, when I look at how the voting would go, I, I can't see like Dylan Cease getting more votes than him or anything. You know, like. You know, and he was up to 30, 40 to one. That that number's dropped a, a decent amount. But you know, keep an eye out if you still get twenty to one or higher. That's uh, some value there. I'm looking for a Yankee. He's not listed, and I would actually think about betting him. I can ask you what odds you need on what Yankee am I thinking of? Severino? No. Uh, Tyon? No. Uh, Clay Holmes? Yes. I don't He's know, man. Ridiculous. Um, He's probably not going to win mean, it, but. I mean, he did, the ball doesn't get out of the infield against him. He's incredible. But he's not a closer either. He should be. I mean, he has been for the last, like, two months. And the Yanks say they're going to put Chapman back in there, which I just don't understand. I totally disagree with. Uh, if he loses his closer spot, obviously he's he's dead in the water. If he keeps his closer spot, closer on a 110-win team, who knows? What number would you need? I mean, if if he popped up at, like, 100 to 1, 200 yeah. to 1, I'd probably bet it. I don't think you're going to get a number like that anywhere. Um, you can always request him, you know. Right. Like if if you Good want point. him and he's not in the pool, you can you can always request it. But uh, you're not gonna win. But not with the the things that the other starting pitchers are doing in baseball. It's so yeah. hard to true to to justify voting for a reliever. Who's the last one? Gagne. Probably Gagne. Yeah. Because I don't even think Mariano won it. There was one year it was close between him and Bartolo Colon. I want to say 2005, but I think Gagne's the last one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. You know, baseball's kind of gotten smarter in that regard. Right. All right, man. I think we covered it. Uh, any football bets yet for you? Football? There. Uh, no, can't say. When do you start? Di- when really do you start diving in? For... What'd you say? When do you start diving in? Uh, probably about a month from now. I mean, okay. there's just so much baseball going on. I can't can't really pay attention to football. I'm just just. Every day, it's so much baseball. A lot of baseball, a lot of baseball. You know what it is? It's the condensed schedule because the season started later, so they're making up date. They're making up games, and yeah, some of these games where we get like 17, 18 baseball games. It's very overwhelming to go through the games, the sides, the totals, the props, first inning bets. It's like sometimes you want a little less. Yeah, definitely. You know, you think you're like, no, give me more baseball, I can handle it. And I'm this time. I'm like, you know, I think I think this might be too much baseball um just just a little bit too much baseball jason appreciate you coming on where can uh where can people hear the podcast how often let everyone know wide world of weingarten on vison comes out uh pretty frequently probably one later today um today being monday and or wednesday but uh yeah usually or you can hear me on here you can hear me on gill's show always on gill on uh uh, numbers game on Wednesday and Friday mornings, and sometimes I'm on uh, Monday nights at like 10:30 at night. So I'm all over. You can hear me talking on all different Vison shows and platforms. 
Jason, appreciate you coming on. We'll uh, we'll do it again soon. This was fun. Uh, take care, man, and appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you to Jason Weingarten. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, and subscribe again. Any help with that, we would be uh, very appreciative. Uh, again, thanks for listening. BetRivers.com. Download the BetRivers app. See you tomorrow. This is the New York City Cats presented by Bet River Sportsbook.